this is V. And this is Cause I Said So. Hey guys, we're back again. We just actually celebrated our uh, first Mom's Night Out event at McCombs in West Orange, New Jersey. That was really awesome. We had um, about 20 people RSVP mm-hmm. to come out. Um, and the moms, they, we really just had a good time. There were drink specials, there were food specials. We raffled off a, uh, staycation at the North Liberty Marriott. And we also raffled off a bottle of wine. So we just really had a good time and was able to talk with moms. Yeah, we did. We had some giveaways. We had some tapas and it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. This week was eh, a hit or miss on the weather, but Friday was definitely a beautiful day. So it was a good chance to meet other moms, be able to network, um, be able to just chat and chew, and then hopefully see them again next month. Yes, definitely. And in total uh, honesty and transparency, we're not sure how this is sounding right now because (laughs) our microphone, for whatever reason, is not being recognized. Um, So if there are any other of my podcaster friends who use the Blue Yeti, a microphone please reach out to me because i have been trying to troubleshoot this we need technical support y'all right and i mean we don't Can't have do it the budget all. we don't Can't have do it budget. All. i've been trying to um troubleshoot this as much as possible and i just not have been able to figure this out but we still wanted to make sure that we were consistent and able to talk to you guys today it's not going to be a super long episode um to be honest i'm kind of in my feelings <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm kind of in my feelings. What about you, V? So, I'm on episode two, 30 minutes into uh, When They Never See Us. Excuse me, I had to retitle. Right, it does need to have a Yeah, so it's a heavy um, feeling for both of us, but I think the, the topic that we wanted to just jump into a little bit was being a mother um, of a black or brown son and navigating a, a systemic uh, racism. racism. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Like just being Whoa. able to navigate this society that is so deeply rooted in the oppression of black and brown people and not going insane worrying about your kids. I mean, and even fall, even succumbing to that yourself, right? Like post-traumatic slave disorder is real. And as I watch more and more, especially I think in episode one of the miniseries, shout out to Sora Ava for this, um, you know, you really see what parents um, or how they do or do not advocate for their children. And it, and so I, might, I have a son, he will be eight in September. And so I have always been a strong advocate of all children. You know, I work with high school students, so I've always been advocates for them. Um, And so I have, of course, I'm going to do that same thing for my own son. But I think in our eight years of navigating, you know, our family's journey, it really is um, scary, troubling, troubling. and just challenging trying to navigate all these different systems that you don't want to believe may be against you, but in some cases they are. And that's hard to say too. Um, just thinking about like in all situations. Oh, <laughs> sorry, y'all. Technical issues, I'm telling y'all. Um, 
But in all situations, like I think about in terms of like education, that has been a big thing that I've grappled with in terms of racism or stereotypes or discrimination in both ways, right? Or um, exposure, like um, in our town, they have an African-American festival and we went to it yesterday. It was a great time. My husband had remarked that there were a lot less people of color in attendance, but that was the most people of color I had ever seen in my town, to be honest with you, in one centrally located place. But he's remembering festivals of past Exactly, because this is a town that his family has lived in for decades, you know, have marched in a parade um, in as well and has seen the gentrification of the town. So it's just really interesting. I think, I, I don't know, I think it's an everyday scenario when raising a boy or girl, right, um, in a system and a society where there's racism, there's sexism, there's a belief that they can't do right, won't do right, and they're, you know, criminals. Right. And it's also um, the adultification mm. of them. Like, those boys were kids. Even the oldest one, uh, Corey Wise, he was 16 years old. And I mean, being, you know, being in an education system, watching that, there were clear signs that he had some challenges academically, you know, and nobody cared about that. I mean, he said on the stand, I can't really read this. Like, I can't really read. I didn't write this. So I, to me, I just really grappled with all of the things that were set up in place to trap these kids just because they were in the park. So then it, it, it for me, it comes down to a, you don't belong here kind of an issue you, yeah too. like you're not we always have to be great, here. great conversations we're gonna in pre-production <laughs> we're gonna record the pre-conversation and just just post it because right, right. they're always really great um they're uncut child we're gonna have to uh, post one of those. but you were saying i apologize yeah so like even i remember i think it was like last summer or two summers ago what have you um I was I had just gotten off of work and I was in, you know, Montclair, I was in uh V's town and there's a prominent like movie theater in the area where it's kind of like a breezeway. Like you can walk through um from Bloomfield Avenue to Church Street and that's how I would get to the parking lot where I would park my car. And uh one this one day in particular, I saw a group of um young men, they were playing music and dancing in the breezeway. And I immediately got afraid for them. Mm. And and not because, you know, they were doing something wrong, because they were not doing anything wrong at all. They were kids just, you know, enjoying being themselves, being kids, um, you know, listening to music, dancing. They weren't causing anyone any harm. But I just know that other people seeing them would see them as a threat or uh, causing a ruckus or, you know, maybe that they did not belong in that town. Um, And so, you know, I approached the young boys and I said, listen, if somebody comes up to you, they say something, you know, please make sure that you, you know, you just kind of disperse from the area. I don't want to see you guys be hurt or anything. Just please be safe. And I felt bad that I had to do that. How did they receive that? They they didn't say anything bad. Did they leave? They no, they, they didn't leave. Okay. They stayed there because and and that's another thing too. I wanted them to there. stay yeah. because I feel like 
you know, black, black boy joy. Like you're entitled to be able to do that, to be able to have those experiences. Um, but I was just speaking from like a place of seeing situations play out where mm-hmm. like our black and brown kids are just being kids and they get shot. Like Tamir Rice had a freaking toy gun on a playground and was shot and killed. So it's like, in what spaces and areas are our kids protected? Um, And in what spaces and areas are they allowed to just be children? And for me, that's super problematic. And I think that's what made me so upset um, when I was watching the documentary. So this is the part that's hard for me, right? Because I, I hate to be a reactive person. Mm-hmm. But I do know I am very cautious about the spaces that my son is in. I'm very cautious about where he is at all times. And so I have to be able to be flexible with that primarily and probably as a symptom of um, knowing that people don't view him the same way as I do. Or let me, let me, and this is something I, I thought to myself a while ago. At what age do they stop seeing my child as a child? Hmm. Oh, don't cry, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Absolutely. At what age is he going to stop being a kid to them? Right. You know, he's seven. He's tall. Like the one lady yesterday was like, I thought he was nine. And he has a deep voice. Right. So at what age is he no longer this cute, kind kid? And he's this little black boy that's a threat to them. Right. And even with watching the documentary, like, that's what they tried to do with Youssef. Mm -hmm. Because Youssef was the, you know, tallest of the bunch. He was, you know, the darkest hue. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, for them, that was the quintessential you know, epitome of what, like, you know, the black man threat looks like. They told him to stop speaking proper. Right. They told him to stop speaking proper. Stop, like, BSing me. Yeah. Um, They kept saying that he was 16. Yeah. And, like, he was totally 15 years old. And they just would not give these kids any type of, you know, common courtesy or anything. They didn't, excuse me, they didn't see them as kids. Right. I see all kids as kids right now. So, like, I'm listening to Ty's story. I see 21-year-olds as kids. I I mean, I don't see 21-year-olds as kids. But when I see kids playing around or like little boys, little girls, I see them as kids. I see them as teenagers. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I see them all day. And so I'm like, oh, teenagers, that's what they do. Right. It's occupational hazard. And so I'm like, all right. You know, like I was saying to Ty when we were in the park for the festival, my husband and I kind of saw these little girls doing something they weren't supposed to do now. And so I saw my child in the vicinity and I was like, let me go over here. So I just went casually in a group like, hey guys, what you doing? I didn't even say what you doing. <laughs> I said, hey guys. They didn't say anything. Uh-huh. But they lifted their head up and they moved from that space because they knew whatever they were doing was wrong. And people aren't always watching them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like sometimes you want to be able to give your child independence and be able to learn things on their own, but at what cost, right? It's right. a cost either way. It really, right. really is. But I think what this documentary, excuse me, this mini series is forcing us all to do again as parents is to be able to say, like, these are kids. How are people viewing them? 
Yeah. You know, sincerely. Like, so one of the moms and dads groups um, that I'm a part of for the town, some man had the audacity to post his, like, recording from some kids trying to skateboard or something on his roof, child. I saw that. Girl, they were I going in that. on him. Yes, they were. And then he created... Let me just tell you something about. <laughs> let me just tell you something about the freaking like the get, audacity of Caucasianness. Like you had, you had nothing else to do productive with your time that you created an entire website just to be petty, bro. Like an entire website. I didn't even say anything on the post. Because low-key, I ain't want people to know. I ain't want nobody to go to my uh, profile and be like, oh, oh she don't even live Lord. in my place. And click and kick me out the group. But, um, yeah, I definitely oh, saw that post. Oh, for him, yeah. I they definitely saw that post. I think it was another post before where every these kids riding their bicycles and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, they're a bicycle gang. And so one of the moms that had posted the picture was in my son's class. Child, I definitely was commenting on that post. And I saw someone, uh, I think the mom came onto the group and said, Yes, take this down. Take this down my, my child. child. Yep. He's not in a bicycle game. These are kids just riding their bikes. Let me tell you something. I saw those same kids and I rolled them on down. I said, get out the street and kept it moving. Like, because what? that's what that's what families that's and what, neighborhoods did back in the day. Yes, I don't like live all, on that street. Right. But that is what I feel is my responsibility as an adult to do for right. all kids. Right. It's to redirect their behavior. Hint, hint, everybody start doing the same damn thing. Right. right. Stop being scared of these kids. They ain't and calling nothing. the police on them. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I pay property taxes. I have the right to call the police on you, awesome. We all do, but I'm not calling the police on these kids. Like, sincerely, please have several seats. But back to the topic again, because we'll go off in tangents. Why is this still an issue? Is the question, right? Right. Um, Someone posted about, um, like I said, someone posted about Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. There was also um, another post. I don't know if you uh, follow Jay Versay, but I remember. Uh, watching this movie he actually posted about it it was this young um, black boy who basically they ended up saying that um, that he murdered two girls in South Carolina the two girls were 7 and 11 this was in 1944 Um, the boy's name is George Junius Stiney Jr. and this was in 1944 and they gave the little boy the electric chair. I remember watching this movie and Me just too. being like completely heartbroken, um, just stunned at, you know, how, and let's be honest, white people have no evidence and they just, you know, like your brown skin is their evidence. Oh, you black, you did it. And I don't want to like, I don't want to constantly be making it a race thing but in these instances it's so blatant that it's racially motivated that it's sickening and so i was saying this to tie to and i've had this conversation before like it's definitely racially motivated but i always wonder about the social economic status part of it like i, I don't know how that it plays mm-hmm. a factor right let's just be clear it does but how much does it play a factor maybe or if at all in these cases, like, I guess, you know, with, um, with, like, so watching, I'm only on um, episode two, y'all, so, you know, I ain't seen the whole thing, so, so I'm gonna far, try not to ruin it, don't ruin it, <laughs> even though I'm probably not gonna watch the rest today, 
But so thinking about it, like thinking about of the five um, babies that were, you know, um, arrested, two of them posted bail. Right. Right. The mom we thought was on post bail because she wasn't, she was, she, I don't know how she didn't know what her child was, but she didn't. It's what happened. Um, and came to the the precinct at the right time to stop her son from signing anything unlawfully um, because he was an unaccompanied minor. So I wonder how that comes into play, even though she didn't have enough sense to hire a proper lawyer either. I don't know. But I digress. You're talking about Mrs. Salam, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I'm always curious about that. I think that's a piece that we don't talk about. It's just assumed. Right, I think it's it's just assumed that all black people they they're poor, all black and brown people poor. They can't mm-hmm. hire an attorney, you know. Is they don't watch their kids, you know. I was reading something else like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they don't watch their kids, they don't know what their kids are doing, so on and so forth. And I tell you one thing, most black moms I know know where their kids are. Probably they don't let their kids do enough to be able to be as independent, um, to not be as stymied in their creativity in other ways. As some other kids are because they don't have the fear of their child being shot by the police or being accused and arrested unlawfully well i think another thing too that um that you brought up is also like the class right Mm -hmm. so i know you said socioeconomic status but also like class so what uh santana the Mm -hmm. dad so Mm -hmm. raymond santana's father you know, he actually had to go to work. Yeah. So, like, that's the working class. You know, mm-hmm. if you can't just take off from work. The whole reason why Antron McCray's dad um, was pushing him so much to make a confession, to make a confession is because the cop um, threatened him with going to uh, his, job. his job. Yeah, at Imperial and saying that he lied on his application. So, that to me, like, that's another layer. It is. And so we, and so you know what, too? Parents, I know this is hard, too. Your job, you know, your whatever can't always be more important than your child in some instances. Like, even with the small stuff that just popped in my head, I had to say it, right? Sometimes we got to make those sacrifices at work for the bigger picture, which is something that you could be missing, although you may think it may be small with your child. That's going to impact them forever because you know to this day something small that your mama did not do for you, you still remember. You probably have brought up to her more than once and have been upset about and it has left uh, an impact on you. Um, But that's true. Like if I'm a working class parent and I got to be able to work my shift in order to pay our rent, you know, I am going to be thinking about, well, who can come sit with my child or do whatever with my child while I make sure that I can pay these bills. Not thinking that, you know, being at that precinct at that time with your child was more important than being able to feed your child because the dad didn't think much of it. You know, they didn't understand. It wasn't serious. The police were lying to them child. Right, right. Downplaying the situation. Oh, no, I'm not having my child confess to anything. Bye. My child's not saying another thing until we have a lawyer present. Thanks. And so that's another thing. The the parents, I don't feel like we're necessarily at fault. They ain't have law and order either then. <laughs> right. Okay, don't play. Because law and order taught us some <laughs> stuff, y'all. We've been watching it for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jerry Orbach and the whole squad. Annie Lane. <laughs> um, so 
the parents, I don't necessarily fault them because they did not have the wherewithal. They did not know, you know, what were their rights. Only the one parent knew, you know, what her rights were. And she exercised them once she did arrive. So I definitely, um, I definitely see that as like the difference between her and the, and the other moms. But I also noticed how Sora Ava showed us like kind of the juxtaposition between mm-hmm. um, those two class structures. I didn't get that far in the series yet. Gotcha. But go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead. Because I'm sure that Every, there is a yeah, conflict, right? There definitely was a conflict. Um, you know, the two boys are friends. Mm. Yusef and Corey were friends. Yeah, because Corey was just going there to be to do more support for his friend. And so because had, his mom didn't know where he was. Well, he should have went and told him, nah, let me go tell your mama. Yeah. And that and that would have been the better decision making. And and so too, but then the question is how would Corey have learned that too, right? Right. I, right. I don't know. Like we we have to teach our kids how to make these decisions. So that's another thing we gotta say. If the police say, Hey, you wanna come downtown with your friend? Say no. Right. I my mom's not gonna be able to go with me. I can't go. And then find that person's mom and, and tell them let them know that they just got picked up by the police. Yep. And for that mom to be able to come get them. But here's the real question that I have. And I was thinking about this when we were sitting down. Like, we know that these things happen. We know that these injustices occur where they're killing our kids. Why why is there not a non-for-profit fund where if something like this happens, I don't know Jay-Z right now, that I can contact someone to get proper um, representation for my child. There is. Okay, so we, we need that. Inf- I'm like, there, really, there I are, don't know no, that. no, no. There are those things that mm-hmm. that are out. I mean, I would have to, I would have to pull it up yeah. in the but I know that I've seen those okay. different um programs. I know it's mm-hmm. like Legal Aid Society. That's actually where um they got his they lawyer. got his yeah. lawyer, the really good lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Legal Aid Society. There are um Innocence Funds, Innocence Project Funds. Um, there are a couple different different avenues in each state. Because you know each state's laws mm-hmm. are different, and in fact, um, there are two. There are two There's black one in women. Newark. There's a legal services of New Jersey in Newark, there you and go. one in Hackensack, and there's just legal aid in Newark as well. There you go. Google. And there are often, you know, people of color lawyers, mm-hmm. lawyers of color, who are at the helm of these projects mm-hmm. as well. So we need a distribution list of all these attorneys so that people can just say, okay, you know, I know someone that practices this type of law that I can go to, not just my friend on TV that we see all the time. Like, sincerely, like, you need to be able to utilize your resources. So, for instance, right, I don't have a JD, but I could probably, within my network, find a lawyer. Several lawyers. We know several lawyers. So I can be like, okay, guys, I need to find an attorney for this, and I can get that. And, and get you a good referral. Right, right. So right. I think, too, that's why I feel like that needs to be more made available to everyone. Because right. depending on your resources or your network, you're able to come up with that. Colin Kaepernick's Know, know Your Rights. Okay. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights. I know that's um, a big one, too. What about bail money? So this with bail money, it has been it has been more so like a grassroots mm. um thing between different organizations. I know uh for the activists that were locked up with Black Lives Matter, you know, different people donated to be able to get people out of jail. I know Sean King uh helped 
you know, crowdfund money to get people out of jail for crimes that they didn't necessarily commit. Um, and then, of course, we've heard about the celebrities and whatnot who've done the same in order to get people out of jail for crimes that they didn't commit. But outside of that, it still is, you know, going to your family members, going to the church um, and passing around that hat or that collection plate. But what if you don't go to church? You know what I mean? Like sincerely. That's why people are challenging the bail system mm -hmm. because there are so many people that are in jail, especially at Rikers, just because they could not afford a bail. Yeah. The young man. Um, oh, my goodness. I can see his um, face. Khalif Broder. Yeah. The young man, Khalif Broder, like he he was in Rikers only because he could not afford the bail. And again, it was a crime that he did not commit. So that's just another another situation of how, you know, the system has taken away, you know, our black and brown children. And it seems to me like every time we turn around, there's another person yeah. being exonerated, specifically in New York. So, I mean, you might want to, I mean, they have been looking at their practices for a while now, but where there's smoke, there's definitely fire. Yeah. So, okay, I had to Google this. So, the ACLU is also another resource. So, as we Google it, we're like, oh, okay. Right. So, you have the right to ask if you are free to leave. Um, if the answer is yes, leave. Not every encounter with the police is a stop, and you may be free to just walk away, but we're black. We need to be more cautious. I'm just going to be honest in saying that. Mm -hmm. You have the right to remain silent, which they always tell you. Like, you can say, I'm exercising my right to remain silent. Mm -hmm. You have the right to record, but again, you need to be cautious about recording. Even though they try to say you can't record them, clearly you can. You have a right to remain silent. You have the right to ask for a lawyer. And you have the right to decline a request to search your car, your home, your belongings, or your person. Because you can say, I do not consent to a search. And they can't do that without a warrant. They yep. can only search your belongings, mm -hmm. your car, your home with an actual warrant. And they won't be given a warrant unless they have justifiable cause. So we got to know our rights, too, I think. Um I think a lot of the times um, power structures are able to exploit. That's the word that was in my brain. Mm -hmm. People of color because we don't necessarily know our rights. Or sometimes we don't feel like we have the right to, um, to, to not justify, to exercise our rights. I'll be damned if anyone tell me I can't do something. If I can't ask a question. Sorry, what's the purpose of this? Why are we doing this? Who are you? Where's your supervisor? Let's get it popping. Because we're going to have a real conversation. And I feel like a lot of the times we aren't questioning what we see as power structures. And that is not, I, I don't know why. Ty and me don't have those challenges. Um, not at all. And you know, and to be honest, I feel like I've learned, I've learned a lot from you in that, in that <laughs> aspect. No, seriously. Like I always, I always speak up, you know, when I feel like I'm being wronged or when I feel mm -hmm. like something isn't right. Like case in point. I went to two Dollar Trees, mm -hmm. one in um, I am horrible. one in Newark, and then one in the Newark one right across from the Shoprite is terrible it and is very bad. And I don't understand why it's that bad, but it was like they never have people that work there. Though people need jobs, so hire some of the people Dollar Tree. Get out of here. I don't understand, but it was they closed at eight o'clock. It was nine minutes to eight, mm -hmm. and they had already closed the door. They had two security guards. First of all, that is a gentrified neighborhood. 
Why do you need to have two security guards? But they had two security guards inside of the Dollar Tree. And the security guards were saying to me, oh, we can't let you in because the manager said. I said, okay, well, can I speak to the manager? Because yep. the sign says you close at 8. And I literally had to just go in to grab one thing for our event mm-hmm. that was happening like the next day. And that's all I had to do. And they would not let me in. So finally, the uh, the manager, she never came over. She walked past. She looked at me. She made a face. She kept it moving. Fast. She said to them, you know, she said to the security guards a few things. Contact the district manager. And then she kept it moving. Um, and then finally, the security guard said to me, you know, well, the manager's name is Jeff. And the person who's there right now, um, her name is Tanya. The manager on duty, her name is Tanya. I said, all right, thank you. And I left. Mm-hmm. Then I go to the Dollar Tree in Maplewood. It's 8.20. It closes at 8? No, it closes at 9. Okay. And it's closed. What? And it's it's me. It's like a few, um, you know, neighborhood people that mm-hmm. are outside. Where's your Dollar Tree in Maplewood? It's it's also on it's on Springfield Avenue, okay. but it's uh past the police station. Okay. So this is the this is the Dollar Tree that's closest to my house. Understood. So I went to that one, and it's it's closed. So I'm knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and the guy comes out. He doesn't come like to the door. He just looks out of like their office door. And says we close, and it <laughs> goes back into the office door. We close, and I'm like, what? So, like, I don't know what the problem was. Maybe there was like a system malfunction or something. If there was a malfunction, like, shouldn't common sense tell you to say put a sign on the door and say, uh, due to blah blah blah, we had to close early, right? So I'm gonna look up the name of the manager for this store, and we should politely send them an email about what their employees are doing and how they're disenfranchising and not making any money for their store. Um, yeah. For closing early when for you're not supposed early. to close early. So I finally ended up going to the Dollar Tree in Union, um, and that one doesn't close until 10 o'clock. So I went into that one. It was fine. The lady was very helpful. And, and and that was it. But I say all that to say, oftentimes, we too can perpetuate some of the stereotypes. And I saw that in the, in the video, not necessarily perpetuate the stereotypes, but we can buy into the narrative that has, that is being written for us. And it's very unfortunate, but it's so true. So we just kind of have to figure out how we're going to combat these narratives about us. So just to pick up, pick up off of what you said, with like we have to change the narrative to thinking about, you know, what was the manager's name at the first Dollar Tree? Uh, Tanya. Tanya not wanting to let you come in, even though it was 10 minutes before, you know, the store was closed or, um, you know, the gentleman closing the store at 820 in Maplewood. So I had another um, story where I went to the same area you went for the Dollar Tree to get um, groceries for my son's lunch. And so I went to the deli counter, I asked for, you know, a half a pound of um, honey turkey, right? Because that's what we typically get. So the young lady the whole time is, you know, doing whatever, but talking to another person, I don't really care. And so she like um, gets the meat, you know how they typically um, close it and then they put the seal and do that. So she didn't do that. She closed it, but she didn't like close it over. So she hands it to me. I look at her like, really? So she said, I hate bitches like that. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. To her friend. And I didn't say anything. And I didn't say anything because she worked at ShopRite. I don't work at ShopRite. She needs this job. 
But I thought to myself, because I go to that shop right frequently, and I made a point to make sure I knew who the manager was, because it's me. And I saw him maybe a week after two weeks. This is this a Spanish guy? No, he's an older black gentleman. With oh, glasses. Mr. Clanton. I like Mr. Clanton. So I said, listen, this is what I experienced. And I said, I didn't say anything then because I don't want this person to lose their job. She lost her job anyway because of her attitude. Let's just be clear because I ain't seen her back there. But I said, here's what I need to be done. I need you to do more professional development for the people that work here. And here's why. She's one example of many things that I have seen that are not professional. Mm-hmm. Right. I could have cursed her out and said, well, you work at ShopRite, bitch. Next. Keep bagging my meat. <laughs> right. But that wasn't necessary for me to do that, to belittle her or go back and forth. I don't really have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more about representation because I had a similar argument with another white gentleman that was the manager at the hot foods bar who tried to tell me I couldn't use a certain container to get my food um, because it wouldn't be weighed the same. And I said, actually, I will be using this container. It's not my fault that you don't have the proper ones. And I'm sure that the cashiers can check me out appropriately. Thanks. And sure did go and got my food checked out appropriately because he wasn't going to tell me what I couldn't do. But I saw people behind me being hesitant. So once they saw me do whatever I wanted, they did the same. And I'm glad that they did. So we do have to kind of change the narrative in a lot of different ways. Like I could have kept the same narrative and cursed her out. Right. Right. But perpetuated the same. Exactly. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be a teachable moment. I didn't want to go point her out. She just she might be young. She needs that job. She needs professional development. Yeah. And I guess in this in this instance, it's more so um, what guidance and what um, like in moving forward from this, what are the action steps? Like what guidance do we offer to, you know, other black and brown children who may find themselves in these situations? And thankfully, we have um Two guests with us today. We got pop up guests, y'all. They ring the bell. <laughs> we have uh, Pop, Pop, and we have V's husband Elijah, who's going to be sitting back in um, and just offering a couple of you know tips in their own experience and perspectives as well on this topic. So take it away, fellas. We're going to start with Pop, who said to us that he taught a class for young black men and things that they should or should not do with the police. Can you tell us more about that, Pop? Well, going back uh, maybe 10, 15 years, 10, 15 years, before driving while black was uh, ever popular, or not, I'm not gonna say popular, but became prevalent in our society. You know, I was teaching the young black men down at uh, Glenfield Park House the do's and don'ts when or if they are stopped by the police. You know, uh, the first thing I told them was do not argue and do not speak. Do not give any information about who you are, where you're going, because the first thing they ask, they want to know where you're going, not their business. And, and, and just say, uh, I'm not going to talk because I want you to call your parents. So, you know, that's that's what I did because a lot of young blacks were falsely accused mm-hmm. of crimes. You know, um, they're pulled, their car gets towed, and they get uh, brought up to the precinct, precinct in Montclair. And, you know, it's, it's it costly because you got to get a lawyer now. 
or you may have to get bailed out. And there's no charges. There's no charges. You're not a suspect. And the whole thing was you're, 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 you're guilty because you're black. And we were trying to change that narrative that you have a right to be on these public roads because we pay the taxes. Yep. So that's it. I, I hand it over to my son Elijah. So just to reiterate, and we talked about this earlier, you have the right to remain silent and you can tell them, I will not be speaking with you. I have the right to remain silent. You have a right to an attorney. You have a right for them. You don't consent to a search. And so we have to, I think, and the conversation really was centered around like raising a child in a systemic um, racial or racist society. And, you know, the documentary, we all have been watching this because we all have been watching it this weekend and knowing your rights, knowing how to protect your child, knowing how to advocate for them and not always giving in, I guess, into the, the pain that comes with um, being a victim of systemic and institutionalized racism. So, so I'll interject. I'll interject on that. You know, watching um, just came down as I was watching the Netflix documentary uh, "When They See Us." That's with the uh, Central Park Five um, catastrophe and and and, and, injustice. and the injustice that happened to those five young little boys. I mean, they were they were 14 to 16 years old. I mean, um, just being too young to really remember it real time. Hearing the history of it when they came, you know, when they came home and then when they were exonerated um, and then really seeing, reading into what really happened, it just, it hurts my heart. And then, and then just to what we're talking about, about knowing your rights, um, I go back to when I was mm, 20 or 21 or 22 years old, when I got, um, um, I had a marijuana charge and I can remember um, my mother going to court with me and I didn't, they didn't have anything on me. I did nothing. Um, but the, but the, uh, the prosecutor, um, pressured my mother came to me to court, her not knowing anything, not knowing the, the rules, the law, um, and, and worried about how much a lawyer would cost and worried about this and that made me cop out to a, a charge that I didn't do anything. I didn't do it, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it had been, Oh, you go, you know, you say you're guilty, you won't do any jail time. You won't. It'll be like a ticket. You pay a little fine. You go on probation for a year, and you finish probation, and be like it never happened. But I still pleaded guilty to it, something that I didn't do. I was never even arrested for it. Um, I found that I had a warrant for my arrest, you know, for a marijuana charge. Hit we're talking about. And I went to the precinct. They processed me, and I had to go to court. So again, that's that's lack of knowledge, lack of um education to what rights you have and you know being um um kind of coerced or, or scared or the not knowing um to, to to want to you know stick up for yourself or you know i didn't do this you know mm-hmm. so so i think that plays a, a major part in in a lot of young um, um black men um being caught up in the system it's a money thing number one you know the parents don't have the education or the knowledge of, of the subject of the subject of you know um, court law and all these things here they don't have the money to retain a lawyer so all those things become fearful and then then the prosecutor or the police or the detective whoever tell you you know you cop out to this and you'll get this and this that that's what happens a lot there's a lot of um, 
um, taking a lesser charge to say you were guilty for something that you might not have done. You know, and that happens a lot. And I know that happened in my case. That happened with my little brother. The same thing happened with him. You know, there was two, two, two separate times it happened to him. You know, it ruined his life for a few years. You know, uh, he's back on he's back on track, thank God. But for a few years, he was down a slippery slope. And 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 just and just watching this Central Park Five and what we're talking about specifically here about knowing your rights and knowing you know what what your um what your rights are and what the law is, and you kind of get scared and you kind of there's no money, you know, so you kind of just cop out to a lesser charge. You don't go to jail. You pay this fine, you go to pro- and and then and then you you know you say you're guilty for something that you didn't do. And in my brother's case, the guy it was a robbery charge. The guy that really did the robbery, my brother went and got him because you know it's a small community in Montclair. You know pretty much who does what. He went and got the guy. The guy confessed. And they still my brother still copped out to something, you know, a, a lesser charge. It's something for something he didn't even do. So, you know, because because you didn't have, you know, money for a lawyer, because you don't have the, the education of knowing it's bullshit. You didn't do anything. Take it to trial. You know, they scare you. Oh, well, if you take it to trial and lose, you'll do three years in jail. So cop out to the charge and it's just a smack on the wrist. And no, no, no. You shouldn't have to cop out to anything that you didn't do that you didn't do. And he didn't do anything in this case. So that that goes to the lack of knowledge and education. And that's where we have to start with as parents. And as 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 you know, um, um leaders, you have to as start a by community. as a community, correct. You have to start by educating yourself and knowing, and not waiting until it happens. Because if you have young black kids, young black boys especially, and then the girls ain't you know they're not uh, uh left out. No, you have to kids. know what's right when it comes to this type of because it's gonna it, it it may happen. You know whether your kid's a good kid or bad kid, it probably will happen. You know, and you got to be prepared for it. And so we were talking about that earlier, too, like thinking about um, Raymond Santana's dad and Anton's dad. And like I was reading later because as it was going on, I had to read like Anton doesn't even talk to his dad because he feels like his dad didn't advocate for him, like Mm -hmm. just sold him up to the police. Mm -hmm. And so and I think I had this conversation with you um, times before, like, is it a class issue? Right. So I don't I know lawyers. Right. I don't know if my mother knew lawyers. So. I can right now say, okay, I need a lawyer to do this. Let me reach out to X, Y, and Z to say if, if see if they know this person, if they're available. Mm-hmm. If my mom doesn't have access to that network, she doesn't know how to but find the didn't. lawyer. She didn't, mm-hmm. right? So we were giving resources for like legal aid. So like the one attorney for um, Anton, who was the best attorney there, was a legal aid representative. So yeah. that's a free resource for people to have representation. Um, so we were saying, like, other than Jay-Z or Sean King bailing out people, like, how can people get money for bail? Because that is a big barrier. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not there. It is a class thing. I mean, look at the kid. Look at the look at the white kid. Um, I believe he was Stanford, a Stanford uh, either graduate or, or, or graduate student or undergrad student that raped that girl. Um, I don't know if it was Stanford. and um, I can see his face in my mind. And the judge didn't give him any jail time because he. He was a good kid. He was a good kid. He wasn't no damn he, good kid. I mean, he was a rapist. He was convicted, mm-hmm. guilty. The jury convicted him uh, guilty, and the judge didn't suspend his sentence, right? Because you know, lawyer money, right? So uh, it's it's you know you know you think of um um you think of the Central Park Five. I can't think of the other kid that 
Jay-Z did the documentary when I died. Oh, we talked about Khalif Browder. Khalif Browder, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, something, these are black kids that, that he, he did three years in Rikers and never even was charged with a crime. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. And then when he comes out, he was 16 years old when he went to Rikers Island. He did three years for not even charged with a crime. Because his parents didn't have, I don't know, $750 to bail him out. Mm. Or whatever it was. I, I might be downplaying a little bit. But I, I hear you. Have, but still. You know, and then he comes home. He's so, he's so traumatized because he was getting jumped every day in, in Rikers. He was getting beat up. He comes home and hangs himself a few months later. Like, this happens. This happens a lot, too. Like, and, and the Central Park Five, just watching that, it just, it, it just, I, I mean, I, I cried numerous amount of times watching. I'm not even, I'm not even halfway through episode three. And, and it's just sad. It's sad, you know, and, it, and it's just a lack of education. Is In addition it's to. Not just, not education of um, K through 12 or, 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 you know, undergrad. Just, just. Um, knowing the system, knowing, knowing their rights. Correct. Knowing the rights. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, the police, they'll lie to you. You know, t- your, That's friend, job. Your, your friend is telling on you in the other room. You're not with him, so you don't know if he's telling on you or not. And you'll be like, oh, well, he did it. And now you point the finger at you, you know. So you got to know just to shut up. But no one's telling them. No one's having that conversation with these young boys and telling them to not say anything. Wait till your parents get there. Wait till the. But you that's know, interesting, though. I don't know if that's the case because I think uh, snitching is a cultural no no. So they do know to shut up. Let's be honest. No. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. You watched it. How I didn't watch hours, all of it. But I mean, you watched. You it, started you watching watch it, it without episode, me. Yes. Right. So, mm-hmm. so how many bo- how many hours were them boys with those racist, racist de- devil cops? How many hours were they with them? Alone. A, a day at least. Yeah, more than a day. Didn't didn't wasn't fed. Mm-hmm. They were scared. They were fourteen and fifteen. They and violated their rights. Who care? They don't care about that though. No, they don't. But no one cares about. It. But that this is what happens though. You understand that? That's what happens, right? You and there with racist grown men cops that are just that just devilly horrible and don't care about these young black boys and just hammering the head, beating on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, they scared. They scared. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna coerce them into saying some shit. It wouldn't be the first time that that happened. No, it wouldn't. It happens all the time. It wouldn't be. And so I think too, from there, we have to also start to build up the confidence of our kids and they have to know what people can and cannot do to them and we don't always do that in the right way we don't always give our empower our kids with enough confidence to be able to say i don't consent to this i won't be doing this where's contact my lawyer lawyer or not you know we don't all we we they're scared too because right what happens what are you teaching your kids when you're scared when you don't know better, you're teaching them sometimes, depending on who they are, the same things. So it becomes cyclical. It's a cycle. And who's going to break it? Right? That's real. And, I mean, we know that that's real. That's power. And we're not giving our kids, we're not arming them with the tools to be more powerful, to speak no. up for injustices. No, you're not. Basic things. I mean, like, you I, will not treat me this I, way. You I, will not talk to me this way. Again, I went through it. When I was twenty, when I was young and dumb, and I had no clue, you know, I remember, I remember being up at the at the court in the courtroom, and my mother just saying, hey, you know, just 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 take it, just take it. And I remember saying, no, I didn't, I didn't do it. No, they don't have anything. I remember, I remember going through that. I remember mm-hmm. that, and and being mad, like, 
why did I cop out to that? You know, even though again, yeah, I had to go pay fines, go to probation, and then did you I don't have, have the, to. You didn't have because you were a minor. You were no, under eighteen. No, oh, no, you were I was over eighteen. Or twenty-one, or twenty-two. Oh man. But but again, I don't. I mean, right first time a friend this program at the time, and it's not. I don't have to ever put it down that. You wiped your record. You sure? Correct. I'm not being funny. I'm being real because you can't trust people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is a arrest record that I was arrested, but there's gotcha. no charge. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I, I went through that when I got my TSA. Uh, yeah, my uh, global branch went through that. So I, I put that I wasn't a, never arrested before, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do that because it popped up. It popped up that I was arrested, but the charge mm-hmm. was not there. But but anyway, that's that's just that that right there just you know brung brung that up. You know that. Again, I had no knowledge that I could say, you know what? I didn't do this. Take it to trial. You have nothing. Because they didn't. Because it's a fear that's been instilled in us, right? That if we take it to trial, and we've had this conversation too before about what jury makeups are, that you may not be able to get a jury of your peers and be convicted. So I think just um, coming full circle, how do you deal with the systemic racism and having a young child that's a boy that is a girl like how do you i think you deal with it in different ways but it is definitely more scary and serious from my standpoint as a mother to a a child a boy right because how do they view my child i don't know well the sidebar you're talking about the juries or your peers and a lot of blacks because i just came off of um uh, grand jury mm. and a lot of blacks uh, chose not to go on grand jury mm-hmm. very good, very because, good. Yep. because they only going to get paid ten dollars yep. a day mm-hmm. and they ain't going to the job is not going to reverse them their pay mm-hmm. yeah some yeah. jobs don't some jobs do right. pay you mm-hmm. while you on jury duty but you have to turn in your check right that the uh, jury gives it. Served, yeah. So the makeup of the courts, mm-hmm. blacks need to change their thinking mm-hmm. because at grand jury, when I was on grand jury, I've seen cases where like they trying to give a, a addict, you know, um, the whole bundle. And it wasn't even his bundle. He was just next to the drug dealer's bundle. And being streetwise, you know, he didn't have 40 uh, bags. Yeah. He would have shot that up. You he know, would have put that in his body. But yeah. I'm I'm saying when I was there and I seen a lot of blacks saying, I'm getting out of here. I'm just gonna tell them I'm prejudiced, I'm racist. <laughs> and blacks was get they was not going on mm-hmm. jury. Yeah, it's it's a stigma. It's a stigma because I went through the same thing. I yeah, was on that federal trial. I was on that federal trial um that I was on and I was the only black male in it. And and I'm like, well damn. I was like, well damn. We complain about these white police officers getting off for killing our kids, but we don't do anything about it when we have an opportunity to do something about it. And the first the first opportunity that we have to do something about it is get on the damn jury. Get on the damn jury. You know? Your job is protected. So I think that people don't realize that too. If the pay is well, an issue. It's, it's not that it's, it's, it's not the issue of their job being protected. It's not. That it's about their pay. I don't know if people always know that their job is protected either. I'm just gonna be There's honest. There's certain jobs that's probably no, no, no it is protected. Your job no, no, no. is protected, and I think protected. people don't realize do. that they cannot fire you because you are on your. Duty. What it is is they're not gonna get paid. For Correct. It, like they're not said. gonna be compensated. Either they don't know they're gonna get paid for yeah. it, or they don't get paid. Or some it's gonna be minor. Some jobs won't get paid for. So as not, a public as a public employee, you will not be. 
paid to serve on jury duty. Well, but it's got if you're a government employee. If you're a government, so of, a teachers of. don't get paid to be on the well, jury. Well, teachers that work for the state. The state. Well, right. most teachers do though. Well, no, that's not true. Yeah, I'm about to my say, bad. Charter, my bad. You work for private. I was gonna say so. It's different. So the difference is, but 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 you're right, Pop. What you were saying, you were absolutely right because me and Sharice had a long conversation, and when I was on this, when I was on this jury, I'm just thinking about like, well, dang, what if I had. You know, um, what if I was on a case with a racist, racist cop or some racist man that did that killed a young black kid? I said we would go up in arms about um, him getting off or not being convicted or not, you know. But there's no black people on the, on the damn no, jury. There's not a diverse voice on the jury. No, no, that 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 are letting these that are letting these racist police officers go. It's all white men. Or, or white women or whatever, whatever the case is. Older no, no people, people too. No people of color. Yeah, there's a lot of old people, but there's no people of color on Grand these, jury. On these, on these you juries. You can wow them. You can ask them questions. You know. You can ask the suspect the attorney, questions? The attorney, the attorney can. The attorneys can. Uh, the, the, the state attorneys can. They will ask, because when I was on the, when I was on the, um, the, the, that federal case, the, the guy who was on, um, who was, who was being, um, jured uh, or being tried, um, his attorney was asking us questions to try to see who they would, and they were coming at me because I, I guess I was a black, the only black man. They were trying to get me to call off. the jury. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, biased. he asked me several questions. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he targeted me out, and just to like say, hey, we don't want him on it because they look at the list and they could do that. Yeah, they, and they absolutely do that. Absolutely, they absolutely do that. So, and and you best believe it that these racists are better in our society. And they're looking to do jury duty. They are salivating to do jury duty because they want to get their kind off. You best believe it. It's there. Don't be naive to think it's not listeners. It is there. It's out there. And believe it's happening because you got, we all go up in arms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, 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 he got off. He got off. And believe me, B, they are setting it up. Whereas they are on in juries to acquit. Well, you got pettit jury. Mm-hmm. Pettit jury two day or three day is, trial. is for uh, mm-hmm. traffic. Traffic. It could be divorce. It could be insurance. Now you got grand jury. And grand jury, the prosecutor is going to bring the police officers and they're going to tell you this story about why they stopped this guy, what they found on this guy, and what charges they want to bring on this guy. Then the grand jury, you can ask them questions. Well, why did you stop him? And and when you ask him some serious questions, like what you just knew he had uh, all his drugs in him, you know, because I've seen when I was doing that class about um, uh, what to say when you get the young young black kids, when you get stopped by the police. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to take uh, my, my, my stepkids and I took my sons. Like I would take them to Upper Montclair and we would stop by Mountainside Park, and I said, watch how the officer interacts with the community. Got you. And the kids are waving to them, they waving to the cops, and they just go. And then I will bring them down here to the fourth ward to where we live at, and I said, watch how the police interact with this community. They're riding the brake. They ride and they brake slowly. They, they salivate, mm-hmm. hoping they can pull out their guns. Got you. And then when they make a stop, they called two and three cars mm-hmm. for nothing. And they had the people out on the hood. They wallets out, had them spread out. And it's, it's, it's really humiliating. Yeah. They humiliate us. 
So if you get that, that card in the mail for pettit jury, right, please be like, here's an opportunity for me to be a, a, a participant mm -hmm. in this society's criminal investigation. And I may be able to get someone off. That deserves to be off. I mean, and let's be real, because I was, I got, I don't know if I was petted jury or not, but I did get selected for the jury, and I could not do it. It was a murder case. I couldn't do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't. Let's see. I couldn't see, do see, it. Here's the thing. If a black person gets a, a letter in the in the mail mm -hmm. that's saying they got petted jury or whatever jury, they, won't get murder. they curse. They say, yeah. oh, my I'm God. I'm going to have to go. I was fine being off of work two days. But, but most part. Yeah. Most part, mm -hmm. people of color, they re they 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 have this thing like they don't want to do this. Yeah, it's just so, civic duty. So here's here's my civic here's, duty. Here's my they gripe. don't want to do their civic duty. Here's my gripe with you, Shabise, about 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 you saying you can't do this. I could because that white woman that's getting it in in, in X township. It's like, oh, it's probably one of them N them N words. Well, no. I'm going. I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to convict so, his ass guilty. Hey, and and that may very well be the point, but it. In the in this specific case, right? From what I could see, the it was a same ethnicity case. I did not want to be on that. Sorry, been, it could have been it could have been a cop that killed the other man. They planted it on him. You gotta know the facts. I hear what you're saying. I don't know the facts. But the, so you can't just say I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this because again, guess when you well, say when no, call listen, me in when six you months, say no, when you say no, that white woman in X X Township is is like yes. Yes, I get to stick it to them. I get to stick it to them. But I think so. I think, and I was listening to what Pop was saying. I think that's a part of the problem, right? I think that the systemic racism also is impacting us, mm -hmm. and so that's a part of the issue. Like thinking about what Pop said about the police and what how they interact with the community in Upper Montclair versus Lower Montclair. How is the community interacting with them? When I see the police, I wave. I'm not scared of them. They're doing their job for me. But, so I think we have. So let me finish. I think we have to change that narrative a little bit more and advocate for ourselves, empower ourselves more and, and change the narrative on racism in general. You do. You can't do everything, but you got to at least try. I hear what you're saying. You do. Embrace the blue envelope when it comes in the mail. We have to change the narrative when you get subpoenaed. It's, it's like a subpoena. Mm, oh, you, you have, have to go. report. You, you have, have to go. go. That's absolutely And go. check this out. Blacks will say they know how to circumvent the system. Yeah. They'll say, yes. oh, I'm just going to say I know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once you say you know you're him, done. you're done. They, you get to, you, you have get a good day, Mr. Such -such. Oh, you're, you're, have a good day. Over. It's done. You don't have to come back. You have a good day, Mr. Such -such. Or they'll say, I'm just going to say I'm racist. Mm -hmm. people, and go, it, people go up there and actually say I'm racist. Yes, I've racism. never heard anyone say yes. that. No, Wait, they don't have this to say it. What happened? They can write uh, it on the paper because we had the paper going around. Uh, you can write whatever you want on that paper and then you don't have to say it. You can write it because the paper, when I was in a federal case, mm -hmm. the paper goes around. So could you see what other people had no, written? No, no, it's your paper. You oh, it's your paper. It clerk, but it's hand them out. Like, okay. how do you get off jury duty? Yeah. Just tell me you're racist. Yeah. <laughs> and, guess, and they go you're down biased. there and they say, I'm racist. You buy it. Bye. And then when they say it, they know. I'm racist, and they'll get their bags, and they know they bounce. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's because they don't mm -hmm. want to do their civic duty, and they don't know if they don't show up mm -hmm. on these um cases, then um uh, Jawan Shamil mm -hmm. is on this case, and the jury of his peers do not look like him. Yeah. Or don't because, give a damn about him. Because everybody said they racist, 
or they'll say they know him. Mm -hmm. They don't want to participate in Jawan's endeavors or help him get freedom. So he has a, white people up there and they're like, I ain't even got a head of evidence. Guilty. Yeah. But that, that's not always true and it's not always you don't know the that. case. I don't. I, listen, I got to advocate on the behalf of humanity sometimes, right? Here we go. Sometimes. Watch in 1974, we had a field trip to Newark Courthouse. Okay. Sentencing. Mm -hmm. All the brothers got time. Mm -hmm. All the white boys got probation. I got up and I said I had enough and I left. I said justice for few. Mm. The guys had the same offense. Got you. The same offense. Mm -hmm. The black guy got Carwell. The white boy got probation. And I, I was there a couple hours. I was like, I can't do this no more. Mm. It was so on, you know, the scales. They got late. She blind, and she got scales. <laughs> Lady, up justice. Lady justice. Mm -hmm. no, Lady justice. She Lady justice. If they, if you say, what's what's the guy's name? Brian Horowitz. Innocent. Jamil Jackson. Guilty. <laughs> but this is Uncle very Jay. nice. And, and I, I turned it back over to my daughter and and um, Ty. Love you, love you, love you, ladies, for like having us look at ourselves yeah. realistically. Stop, stop being um, locked and loaded on like you ain't gonna participate in the justice system because without you, there is no justice. Thank you, Pop. Thank you. I think that's the perfect way to end this. So please make sure that you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure that you check us out on Spotify, on Google Play. Uh, if you have any um, responses to the episode today, you can DM us, follow us on Instagram at Cuz I Said So Pod, C U Z I A. C U Z I S A I D pod P O D. Um, you can also email us at cuz I said so pod at gmail.com. Again, that's cuz I said so pod at gmail.com. Please let us know how you feel about this episode as well as what other episodes that you would like uh, for us to record. And also, we will be having uh, another mom's night out. That will be happening in June. Please stay tuned for our uh, announcement for where it will be at as well as the date. So as always, this is Ty. And this is V. And this is Cause, Cause I, I Said, said So. so.